Special thanks to our promotional partners at the American Philatelic Society. The APS is the largest stamp collecting organization in the world, supporting collectors of any level worldwide. For more information about membership and APS services, visit stamps.org. I'm Charles Epting from HR Harmer in New York City. And I'm Michael Cortese of Noble Spirit in Pittsfield, New Hampshire. And this is Conversations with Philatelists. Michael, we yep. started something a while ago. Was it the podcast? It was the podcast. It was an episode of the podcast that yeah, we yeah. said was part one, and there was never a part two, which is mm -hmm. something I've done with various ventures in my life. <laughs> um, we and, and But if there's one thing people have asked us about, I feel, mm -hmm. it has been, is there an update? What is going on? Can you give us more? Yeah. And I'm, of course, referring to the issue of counterfeit postage stamps. Mm -hmm. Because as it all started, my mother got this targeted ad. I started looking into it. Everybody else on the planet had gotten these targeted ads. Canadians were getting them. Americans were getting them. Basically, fake postage stamps from China primarily are being sold through Amazon, eBay, Instagram, other sites like this, steeply discounted. Mm -hmm. um, and they're, they're fakes. They're counterfeits. But the way um, technology has progressed and advanced, um, these are counterfeits that fool all but the most astute philatelists. Is that yeah, they're, they're that? here to not fool collectors, but fool the post office, to fool the post office essentially out of money by selling to people who think they're just regular stamps at a discount, buying the stamps and then distributing them through the post office and um and not essentially not paying the usps for a service that they're providing to um yeah i i, I don't know if they were created as a malicious way to disrupt the usps or if it was just people looking to uh a cash grab a, yeah quick buck but either way uh you know they're they're no good no and if there's one person who knows about postage stamp production and counterfeits mm -hmm. it is mm -hmm. a former cwp guest wayne yeah. youngblood yeah. we've had him on before he is a good friend, uh, an exceptional scholar and editor mm -hmm. and author, and he has graciously agreed to come on and sort of give us an update, what to look for, how to protect yourselves, what do we know about these things, who's producing them. Um, Wayne, we, I think we both are Facebook friends with him, yeah. um, is, is providing updates for people and is really at the forefront of figuring out just what the heck is going on with these things. And I'm really thrilled that he has agreed to come on with us and uh, give us a little bit more information. All right. Yeah, me too. Uh, without further ado, he's here right now. I'm going to let him in and uh, let's Bring him talk in. to Wayne about what's going on. Hi, guys. Hey, good to see you, Wayne. You good. How are you? Good. You look, a, you look a bit more trimmed than the last <laughs> time I think you joined us on here. Yeah, that was the uh, that was my uh, COVID ZZ top styling. That was. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Wayne Youngblood I, I remember from pre-COVID. <laughs> That's no, good to see you again, Wayne. Thank you very much for, for joining us. Yeah, really. Thank yeah, you. Good to see you guys. So as we were saying in the introduction, we um, I, you sort of when this whole issue of the counterfeiting, um, it was exploding. My mother got a targeted ad and this sort of set us down a, a rabbit hole um, trying to figure out more. We had an episode where we touched on it and promised people more information. And it has <laughs> been probably seven or eight months since then. And we have not provided people with more information. So rather than try to, um, you know, figure things out ourselves, we figured we would just call up the, uh, the expert and, and hopefully you could, uh, you know, sort of walk people through what's happening, how to protect themselves, what some of the differences are um, between the reels and the, and, and the fakes and, uh, and, and uh, it's sort of, uh, you know, you've got your finger on the pulse of this really well, mm -hmm. I think. 
Thank you. Yeah, what I what I thought we uh, might do, if it's okay, would be to when we're ready to start, <clears throat> slip in and do a short PowerPoint with some visuals. Uh, you guys can feel free to break in, and we can discuss things at times. And then uh, when we come out of it, we can we can discuss more and go from there. That sounds awesome. perfect. I will. Um... I, I, I rather than saying at the end, if somebody's listening to this on a podcasting service, they should probably switch over to YouTube right about now, <laughs> um, so they don't have to listen to a PowerPoint. But no, Wayne, that sounds great. Um... Okay. Okay, are we up there? Yeah, perfect. Perfect. Okay. Um... Alrighty, so if we're ready, we'll just go right ahead here then. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, as you know, we're having our own epidemic of counterfeits now, and, mm. and uh, you've been hearing a lot of that. Um, we'll step back briefly and take a look at a few things before moving forward. The, the, the problem with counterfeits uh, is that they are becoming uh, more and more um, difficult to to discover and, and determine which is which mm -hmm. anyway for for the audience uh postal counterfeits are intended unlike fakes or forgeries or anything like that postal counterfeits are intended to defraud the postal service whatever postal service the current one a foreign one or whatever um and they're in complete fabrications uh they're not uh you know they're not altered like like fakes or anything like this or, or fabrications to fool collectors they, they're entirely to defraud postal services and you can see the image up there the genuine is at the left the counterfeit is at the right and in this case you can see the image isn't quite as nice anyway but the die cutting is really rather poor on that one as well so there there's up until recently there have been a number of different ways of, of uh, spotting them pretty easily um this is uh, the graphic, but you may have noticed the graphic behind me before. Uh, you can still see it up here behind oh, yeah. my shoulder. I used to work with most with the postal inspection service <clears throat> with some counterfeiting. And again, counterfeiting up until recently uh, was always part of a larger or a different crime. Uh, so in other words, it didn't pay to counterfeit stamps by themselves. For one thing, you're not generally not going to counterfeit anything other than a prime rate stamp or a first class rate stamp. And you've got to counterfeit a, a heck of a lot of those uh, to make it pay for itself. So usually, um, more often than not, counterfeits were connected with, with uh, currency counterfeiting and things like this. Uh, organized crime often had a part in it. Uh, there's a very, very rare 20 cent flag over Supreme Court postal counterfeit that was created for mailing child pornography. I mean, so these were all uh, secondary crimes to the first one. Now the Postal Inspection Service has always been able to step in pretty much and nab these guys immediately and, and, and deal with it. And in this case, you can also see the counterfeiters aren't always necessarily particularly smart. This was what you see now at the bottom of this graphic is part of a uh, make ready sheet that the counterfeiters had. And you can see the pressman picked it up. Uh, it wasn't quite dry, managed to ink his thumb <laughs> And then when he put it back down, there's his thumbprint with all the identifying features on it in the color of the counterfeited stamp. Uh, it's a little difficult at that point to say, wasn't me, folks. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and this happened to be part of a part of a uh, currency counterfeiting ring, but they were set up very well. Um, 
the, the big difference again at this time most of our stamps were line engraved uh, and and counterfeiters just really can't do that uh, and so they're producing them by offset lithography and they have the color of this one down almost perfectly um, but again the appearance is such uh, of, of the uh, counterfeits that you would never mistake it for the real thing uh, here's examples of a few other uh, counterfeits 1938 three cent prexy got the genuine on the left and the counterfeit on the right uh, again same thing with the eight cent eisenhower genuine on the left counterfeit on the right uh, and then a really a poor one in my opinion mm -hmm. the 10 cent stars on the runway uh, genuine with the left counterfeit on the right and again the difference in all these is the genuines were line engraved the counterfeits are all uh, offset lithography and, and you can see even though the eisenhower and the jefferson are really pretty good reproductions color wise and everything they look washed out and flat by comparison and, and these were always kind of at least old school counterfeits uh these were always uh, kind of a fail safe to be able to to spot them quickly and easily and get them out of there um however modern days these are all counterfeits every single one of them wow uh and right now now the packaging is kind of a giveaway on this it looks like a mini yogurt container or something of course we don't have any genuine stamps packaged that way uh, but every one of these, and, and we have just seen an explosion in the past six or seven years in particular of counterfeits from China. They're all from virtually all from China, and we'll get it to that in a minute. Um, and they've been getting better and better. They've been learning from their mistakes. And uh, I regularly take counterfeits down to our postmaster, and she says, you know, there's no way we'd spot these. There's no way we could spot these under normal circumstances, certainly not on mail passing through the office. And mm -hmm. so they've uh, uh, got an additional problem there. In addition to that, and this you mentioned your mom, uh, social media is loaded with with ads. Uh, and then we're talking here, we're talking, you know, everything from you know, Facebook, eBay, uh, Amazon, um, all the other little apps that are minor. And they're meant to look like genuine postal service ads. So you can see this even says US Postal Service sponsored. Well, of course it's not. Um, but you can see the, the mock-up for this forever stamp of the candle, for example, that, you know, it's a really poor imitation. So there, there are signs that you can, see that, that that would immediately to, to help you determine that these are counterfeits to begin with the other thing that's that's a, you know i don't make blanket statements very often but one that i will make regularly is there really is no such thing as discount forever stamps hmm. the postal service does not discount its stamps hmm. uh so if you if you are offered discount forever you know dealers have no reason to discount them either at this point because they're always worked for with first first class uh, so if you're offered discount forever stamps at this point, there's one of two things, 99% of the chance that, that they're counterfeit, but if they're not counterfeit, they're stolen. You're going to want to stay away from them anyway. So uh, a good rule of thumb for anyone is there is no such thing as discounted forever stamp. And that's just a good thing to keep in mind. Now the prices vary and this one, you can see 39.90, but I'm seeing prices as low as 19 or $18 per hundred. Wow. And that's a that's a you know a huge discount. And unfortunately, a lot of people, particularly non-collectors, collectors, at least most collectors, 
are wary enough to know that there may be something wrong here. They may not necessarily know they're counterfeit, but there's something wrong. But non-collectors have no idea. And again, my, my local postmaster uh, still they come in, people come in and say, well, I saw the ad on uh, Facebook, uh, you know, I want that discount, which is, they're not real. You know, it's just, it's just a, a blanket thing. So other ads, uh, and there's always some kind of giveaway. Uh, on this case, you've got the forever stamps and down here, you've got this nice little thing, someone in somewhere purchased. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, here's some drilling down a little bit into who this business is. It says, we were originally a company engaged in e-commerce. Daily Express parcel delivery requires a large number of stamps. Unfortunately, our company has been affected by the epidemic last year and has not been profitable. So we decided to sell these stamps. And of course, you look at the, the address and it's the Chinese address. Of course, mm -hmm. they're not using US stamps. Yeah. Um, not to, there's a lot of other, and, and then they call themselves Franklin Mint on top of that. Um, or even better, there's your promo special. <laughs> so often there's a give yeah. of some sort in the ad anyway, but but there's just there's just so much wrong with these to begin with. And you can see the price here in this case, 1998. Uh, any number of different designs. But getting into some of the ones recently, this is Global Forever Stamp. These are in theory worth a dollar thirty a piece right now. The top example is the genuine. The bottom example is the counterfeit. Uh, again, just at a, at a glance, you're not going to see a yeah, whole lot of difference there. Uh, even the microprinting, you can, you can make it out in the genuine, uh, and it's all but mud in the mm -hmm. counterfeit in this case. And of course, you can also see this, the screen uh, resolution is, is much finer on the, on the genuine versus the, the cruder uh, counterfeit. Um, this one's really a poor one. It's a great one for that reason. Um, but you can see the genuine stand. These are some of the wildflowers. Uh, the genuine has much better resolution. The poor one is just really, really muddy. And of course, there's no point in even looking for microprinting on that. Uh, but again, they, about a year ago, they started getting better. They started learning more from their mistakes. Uh, in this case, they're still die cutting uh, issues. But the, this is the, the genuine on the right here and the counterfeit down below. And if you should just look at a glance at those, both of them look really good. Hmm. Uh, and even when you blow it up, the microprinting on the on the uh, counterfeit is, is muddier and the resolution is not as good, but you can still see it there. And, but the, but the overall impression to the eye when you're looking at it, at it naked um, is, is a pretty good image. Um, in this case, these are probably the only non-Chinese counterfeits that we've seen. And we don't know exactly where these are from yet, but we suspect they're from Russia. Uh, and they're also high values. In this case, they've got the priority mail and express mail rates. Uh, but again, you've got the, on the left, you've got the genuine and on the right, the counterfeits. And the blowups here, you can see the, the USPS microprinting just under the, the palm tree here. And again, it's virtually missing here and you've got a much, much rougher screen pattern. Same thing with the, the caves here, USPS and, and over here. Um, but it's, it was really scary when they started doing uh, high denomination stamps yeah. because you don't have to counterfeit nearly as many to be profitable there. And again, uh, but the biggest thing that was always a fail safe for us 
was that the genuines have phosphorescent tagging on them and the counterfeits don't. They, they really didn't have a way to figure out how to do this. Uh, now, for those who don't know much about tagging, it's a zinc orthosilicate coating uh, that shows up only under shortwave ultraviolet light. It's what triggers a lot of automated equipment and such. But it's also been used as a security device because, again, it's it's never been possible to tag counterfeit stamps. And so when the postal inspectors would seize what they expected to be a number of counterfeits, that's the first thing they do is they'd run them under ultraviolet light and, um, and find the counterfeits. Uh, same thing, a lot of the counterfeits would be kicked out by automated equipment because it can't pick up the signal from them. <clears throat> However, um, this was, uh, you can see May 12th is when I got these in three stamps on, on this cover, there's only one of them that's genuine, yet two of them are tagged. Um, they, they have now found a way to tag counterfeits and, and virtually all the counterfeits that I've seen since mid-May now have phosphorescent tagging on them, you know, unless they're selling older supplies that don't have them. So the top two stamps are the counterfeits here and you can see they're done by two different printers uh, if you look at the resolution, the, it's, it's, a, it's a rougher screen. In this case, the printing quality is almost better than the, the genuines at the bottom. You can barely make out the microprinting and the dot pattern, even though it's a finer dot screen, uh, it's not particularly good looking. Whereas the microprinting is perfectly clear on both of these. Uh, you can see they differ from each other, but it's, it's clear. Uh, this one's untagged. It's just on a slightly fluorescent paper stock, the, the, the upper left one. The upper right one actually has a brighter uh, coating of tagant than the genuine, which is at the bottom. Mm -hmm. And so now the postal inspectors have one more wrench thrown into the machinery in terms of trying to figure out how they can do this. Um, and again, I, I won't show all the others, but but the love stamps, the, the the Title IX, which I'll get to in a second, and all the new batches coming in are all phosphor tagged, and so this is this is a whole new problem. Uh, in this case, the the love stamp on the right is the counterfeit. It actually looks better than the genuine. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, again, it's you can see with the with the blow up, it is it is a, a rougher screen. But the overall appearance of it is it's crisper, it has more contrast, uh, and actually in many ways is more attractive than the genuine. But, but you can see once it's blown up, it starts falling apart a bit. Uh, similarly, the Title IX stamps, the, well, I've got this reversed here. The, the counterfeit is on the left here, and the blow up of the counterfeit is on the right. And you can see it looks much better than the genuine in both cases. <laughs> and, and it also has, has phosphorescent tagging. Um, and, and, and now the counterfeits are now showing up in many cases, just weeks after the genuine. Uh, so it's, it's, they're catching while they're still current. Yeah. That's what, that was um, going to be my, my question is how quickly are they turning out these, these stamps with the, they're really paying attention to what the issues are. They're really paying attention to what the issues are. They are turning them out, like I say, within weeks usually. They're also working backward uh, in many cases. So like um, the uh, semi-postal with the Tiger, mm -hmm. that's out now as a counterfeit. Um, and that's and yet that's five or six years old. But yeah. again, it's a semi-postal and you think, well, charity and, and all this stuff, you know, so it's, um, it should be okay. But uh, 
So that is the, the end of the PowerPoint part, but you, you can see some of the challenges involved with this. And, and the, the Postal Inspection Service, you know, I, I keep hearing from people, why isn't the Postal Inspection Service doing anything about this? Mm -hmm. I mean, after all, they're, they're arguably one of the most um, effective law enforcement agencies in the country. Well, problem is all the production is being done in China. Uh, so all they have to do is get it over here on these shores and there's no shortage of people uh, that they can find who will handle these wholesale and distribute them and such. And the Postal Inspection Service catches some of those people and, and some of us work with them to try to shut them down. But the minute, you know, it's like whack-a-mole, you hit one, two more spring up over here. Um, and, and farther down the line, a lot of the buyers of these have, again, have no idea that they're buying and using counterfeit stamps. That, that was one, I've, I've got a bunch of questions. Yeah, me too. This is so interesting. But one question was, what is the Postal Service doing in terms of public outreach and um, um, education? Um, it, it, you know, it, it, are, are they working with Facebook and Instagram? It seems like it should be pretty easy to flag any account with the words Postal Service in the title or something. What sort of um, again, the, the detection um, and prevention is tough when it's located out of the country versus some of the rings in the 20s and 30s where they could go, you know, beat down a guy's door. But but in, in terms of public outreach from the post office, what is um, that, that piece of the puzzle like? Well, th that part is where they're, I, I don't wish to be overly critical, but that's probably where they're the most deficient. Um, if you go, you have, as it is pretty much now, you have to go to the Postal Inspection Service's website to find much of anything. And then there's a, you know, a couple of PSAs, there's a, a video and, and such, but it's all pretty vague and, and you have to be proactive to find it. There's not a lot of outreach going on. Um, I've been visiting with several regions and, and offices trying to see if we can somehow get some kind of uh, public outreach effort going. I mean, even just circulating something like this brief PowerPoint or, or the things like this that, that help people understand. But but even still in the field, the, the biggest thing that the Postal Service really can hope for at this point is to keep people from buying them in the first place. Hmm. Um, you know, they don't want to beat down the door of the little old lady who's paying her gas bills who bought the counterfeits at the local bodega um you know so so really the biggest i mean that would they could do that but I, I don't think they probably want to for a number of reasons um so really the biggest thing they can do is educate people enough to keep people from buying them to, in the first place uh and of course part of the problem with that is and again collectors aside because i think we have a different sensibility uh, a lot of people just don't care uh, I get want to get the most that I can for the cheapest possible, and and you know they don't care if they're counterfeits or not. They don't have a true understanding that they're that they're defrauding the, the postal service, or if they do, they again still don't care. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, I I was gonna ask that that was a good that was a good point. They're not gonna punish the people who are unknowingly using these stamps i had what the happens? same question what is the criminality of if you if you unwittingly buy stamps through an amazon yeah. ad and uh use them are you and i, I noticed yours was a, a handback presumably so that you're not costing the uh the postal service any any exactly. money but is, is, there any, <laughs> is there any sort of um uh liability for the user um or can, can you sort of talk about that 
Yeah, if you take if you take the U.S. code at its face value, uh, intentionally buying and using counterfeit stamps is a federal offense. Hmm. Uh, and so there's there's all kinds of punishment that technically could go with it. Um, you know, and again, one, at least many years ago, when I used to work with the Post Inspection Service and, and Pat Hurst, uh, if you guys remember Pat, Pat's writing, was beating the drums for many, many years, decades, actually, uh, saying that if you collect counterfeit stamps, you pretty much need to do it in the, in the dead of night because if the post inspectors find out they're going to come crashing down, breaking down your door, confiscating your entire stock or collection. And, you know, and of course, that's just bogus. Um, even, even when I was working with the inspectors, they always told me, no, we've got real crimes to solve. Um, so, you know, for the collecting of them and the study of them in itself isn't, while technically they could punish you, it's not a real big deal and really they don't care about that in many cases there are a number of us collectors who are, who are helping them as well uh, but if you're intentionally buying them and using them on your mail uh, there are severe penalties that could be uh, imposed so <laughs> in, what, in jail what what happens when they you said with the the ultraviolet tagging sometimes these things the ones that don't have it get kicked out of the system what happens to that mail do they just return to sender those items just never get delivered uh, it's inconsistent. Um, yeah. the, what the inspectors do say uh, in some of their PSAs and, and, and such is, and, and they're using it kind of as a stick, uh, is that that mail be, may be confiscated. So oh. if you're mailing a check off, you're mailing stamps off to somebody or whatever, and it gets kicked out and discovered this counterfeit, in theory, they could confiscate it. <clears throat> now, I've not really known that to happen. But it's, but it's a possibility. Um, realistically, more often than not, if it's a sectional center, you know, the automated equipment's kicking out mail all the time that isn't going through the machinery for some reason or another. And more often than not, unless somebody has a reason to suspect something, they're just going to pick it up and throw it in the bin again or, or bypass that. So the... The chances of detection are, are relatively minor compared to uh, the chance of success. I mean, my, my, I've been getting local, I don't have access to the large quantity of mail I used to when I was publisher or stamp collector or when I was at Lens, but I've been getting some of the small uh, businesses to save mail for me. And one, for example, is a local pharmacy and they get mail from all over the state. And of course, it's typically non-collectors. Uh, the last batch you gave me the other day there were seven envelopes that actually had stamps on them and out of those seven two of them were counterfeit hmm. that's i mean you know it's a very limited n number but you're looking at a close to 30 percent yeah uh range there and you know over time i'll, I'll form a, a you know a better study of it but it's it's a huge problem uh as of several years ago the postal service's own estimate was that they were losing more than 350 million a year to counterfeit wow. and again that's that was before it really exploded. So I, I, I would hate to think what, what's happening now. Um, and how do they address this? I mean, you know, the, this is part of the part of the problem with having forever stamps. If we had denominated stamps, and I'm not saying we should go back to denominated stamps, if we had denominated stamps, they kind of have a natural lifespan so that when the rate changes, you know, as of Jan, what is it, July 20th or whenever it is when the rates change, if we had 58 cent stamps, those are pretty well dead as far as the public's concerned. And as far as counterfeits, they'd probably pretty well go away too. But with forever stamps, 
there's a perfect incentive to keep keep doing them. I'm very used to things like the Smith counterfeit postal card and some of the more classic uh, counterfeits and whatnot, but I don't know much about the current collector's market for these. And I know there's been some discussion about what should be listed in the Scott catalog, what shouldn't. How are people collecting these things? How are people um, acquiring them? Are they, I mean, is it as simple as just going on eBay and buying discounted, stamp, you know, are, are people doing that? And what are your thoughts on that if it's a collector for collectors? I don't know, sort of a slippery slope argument. Because I've where... seen places like Mystic selling, uh, you know, counterfeit stamps as, you know, as counterfeit stamps, you know. Right, and on the one the hand, you're not defrauding the post office if you don't use them, but you right. are contributing financially to the people doing this. So it's not really a question, more just a, um, I'm throwing that out there to hear your thoughts on the collector side of things, right? Well, and, and, and it is, it's, it is a very, very... Uh, tough question. I mean, when postal counterfeits have been historically popular and exceedingly scarce, so that if you wanted an example, mint used or even scarcer on cover, you were going to pay, you know, really a lot of money to get it, to get a genuine counterfeit. Um, when Scott started listing them a few years ago, the popularity increased a bit. Um, the Chinese were still kind of in their infancy in, in, in terms of, of counterfeiting and the popularity took off. They suddenly became a little bit more accessible and more people started collecting them. Uh, and consequently, the prices came down for not for the classic material, but for, for a lot of the more recent ones. And actually, even, even in my own business, I had several people wanting to subscribe to them so that every time I got new counterfeits, they wanted examples for their collection. Um, and as the proliferation has, has uh, exploded, um, I, I have one subscriber left. The interest is now dropping off again uh, in terms of counter in collecting counterfeits. But uh, those who study them are very passionate about them still. And, and some of the flag stamps, you know, you're talking 40 or 50, 50 different types of counterfeits of a single stamp issue. I mean, and, and Scott has, has done a fantastic job of um, documenting all those. Um, but it's, and, and, and as a dealer at this point, I have very mixed, as a collector, I still want to study them. I still want to keep up with them. Uh, and so I do buy them from some of these ads just to try to keep up with them. But I have very mixed feelings because as you mentioned, Charles, I, I every dollar you're giving them does support what they're doing. And, and there is more than little speculation that this is uh, state sanctioned as well uh, as, as a means of attacking one part of our economy. So it's, it's, um, it's not a guilt-free collecting specialty <laughs> by any means. Um, but the access is fairly easy. And there are a lot of collectors who just, who still simply don't know about them either. I mean, there's, there's, um, when I, I go to shows, I obviously take stock with me and I show people just to let people know. And there are collectors buying counterfeits as well. I mean, it, innocently, um, you know, I buy things on eBay. I, obviously I run everything that comes through under my lamp. Um, and there's a reasonable number of, of items that come into me that are bearing counterfeit stamps. And, and this is from people who should know better. Hmm. Yeah, that was going to be my next question was, was Michael, what you, can people You mentioned in the do? intro 
yeah. whether it was a quick cash grab or something more nefarious. And I yeah. think it was interesting to hear you mention that, Wayne. Yeah. That, that it could be a, a state-sponsored um, attack on, on the U.S. economy. That's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, the, the, the Russian ones, for example, that was kind of a one-shot. They may have been testing the waters. There wasn't a huge splash with that. But with the Chinese being as persistent as they have been and now as prolific as they are, these are huge operations. We know of at least three major stamp printers over in China who are churning these things out. Uh, and the quantity of them is, is, is insane. Um, so it's, you know, I, I, my own feeling is it's, it's something far beyond a, a quick cash grab. Um, so and it would, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to just go right off of that and ask, are, are they, these printers, are they just printing U.S. or is it France? Is it, is it Great Britain? Is it, no, is it China? Good question. Uh, no, the uh, other countries that are having some significant, I don't, I don't know that any country is having as many problems as we are right now. Uh, but the others on the list include France, Germany, Great Britain, and Canada. Uh, okay. They're all having, and probably others, but I know they're all having some problems with the counterfeiting as well. Um, other other problems that I see down the line uh, or, or that I'm very, very concerned about, you know, the Postal Service works with a number of, of retail outlets like Walgreens and Costco and, and places like this. Um, and I, I have to wonder, well, I know it's gotta be happening at some point or, or will at some point, uh, employees who will buy the counter, cheap counterfeits, come in, swap them out with the legitimate stock in the store, and then they can sell legitimate postage and the counterfeits are stuck in the, in the business. Uh, but more specifically for our industry, you know, at this point, when I have collections come in, I'm beginning to have collections come in that have a few counterfeits here or there. These are mint sheets that the person bought thinking they were genuine. And so now I have to uh, and, and certainly as dealers and collectors, we should be aware that any forever stamp of the last few years and, and increasingly earlier now as they, as they go back could potentially be a counterfeit and, and, and pay accordingly. I mean, I, I don't want to pay full price for, for uh, counterfeits and, and it's, they're seeping in and we're going to be seeing more and more uh, coming through legitimate channels now, I'm afraid. Hmm. Yeah, that was There's been be, a, oh, go ahead, Charles. Michael, go ahead. That, that was going to be one of my my largest questions was what can we do as as dealers as collectors to make sure that we're checking all this material um, because we get you know in our company a lot of postage um, a lot of forever stamps that sell for over face value when we just run auctions um, you know now you're saying that these items that the more recent ones are are tagged. What can we do to be more cautious about this? Yeah. You know, the, the, the biggest thing is, is to keep yourself aware of what's out there, what's, what's happening, how to determine. And it's like, like even the tagging on this, the tagging doesn't match perfectly. The, you know, the printing is, you know, there are ways to do it, but it, it's, it adds, it's, it, it's going to add to your workload. Yeah. There's no question about that. Yeah. Uh, but I think as dealers, it's our, you know, it's our responsibility to, to protect the collector a little bit too. And so we, we really need to keep up on it enough that first of all, we're not being taken, but that we're also not inadvertently taking the collector. Mm -hmm. um, so th there is more responsibility on the dealers at this point to make sure that their stock is genuine. 
there's been a lot of discussion in the UK with the phasing out of non-denominated matrons and the introduction of barcoded stamps. And that's been fraught with um, its own share of issues. And I know the PTS who we've spoken to a bunch, Michael, um, they're doing what they can to educate and help make that transition easy. Do you see um, something like that potentially in the US's future as a way of um, counteracting something like this? Well, I've asked that as of the postal inspectors. It's not an immediate plan, but it's not off the table either. Um, I mean, you've got to do something, you know, something else that's been mentioned, and, and I would hope they don't go there, is to periodically devalue older stamps. Mm. But, it, but again, that when, they're, when they're kicking these things out within weeks of the release of a stamp, that's not going to do any good either. Um, you know, I, I don't, my, my, I don't know the answer, obviously, and, and I, obviously nobody else does either at this point. But my my fear is this is going to lead us down the road farther and farther away from physical postage stamps because that's one of the. I mean, if, if we each have our own account that we can print out the postage on the envelope, or what you know, uh, there's much more contr potential control there than there is with the stamps. Uh, but this is. Um, I consider it a major crisis, both to the hobby and to the industry. Uh, and to, to the extent that we can do any kind of uh, outreach and education, um, and hopefully you'll get record number of viewers for this. So I, I hope, and that's sort of my last question, Wayne, is if somebody sees this, if somebody's been a victim themselves or they've seen the ads or whatnot, and they want to stay involved and they want to learn more. I know Lynn's has done and Scott Catalog have done a, a good job, but are there Facebook groups or anything you can recommend if people want to sort of keep their ear to the ground and learn more about this in real time as stamps come out? Yeah, there, there are a couple of Facebook groups and I and I should have written down the names of them so we could direct- We can, we can put, put a link in the, the, uh, the, link in the bio if people want okay. to. Um, but there are a couple of, of uh, uh, Facebook groups, not only there's a fake forgeries and counterfeits group and, and so there's also the, the other things there, but there is uh, at least one that's dedicated more to uh, counterfeits. I'd like to see more, I think more will come up. Uh, and there are several extremely knowledgeable collectors um, who spend virtually their entire day going through mixtures and other things. And so it's, you know, the information is out there, but, but to the, you know, to the extent we can really broadcast, I think it's, I think it's important to the hobby. Mm -hmm. um, I just have two final questions. The first one uh, would be, well, I'll lead with the, the mail we got listener mail. Uh, we get sometimes one guy was wondering about when we first did the, the first episode, he had emailed asking about the adhesive material on the back. Is it easier to soak off the the counterfeit stamps? Is the adhesive material any different at all? Or well, it's 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 different. You can notice a difference when you actually, you know, if you actually mess with the stamps, you, you can you can feel a difference. Um, I don't know. There's my experience is that it's no easier, no more difficult to get off an envelope with solvent than. Than, than otherwise. I mean, it seems to, and adhesives change over time yeah. as well. I mean, like, you know, one of the things that I use, it's a, supposedly a very safe one is, is this um, undo remover. It doesn't harm stamps or other things, but the longer a stamp's been on, a, on an envelope, the harder it is to come off. I mean, as that adhesive ages, but um, 
there are physical differences between counterfeit adhesive and genuine adhesive, but it's not really noticeable yeah. to the, I mean, it's um, some of the other things that, that you can sometimes tell is more often than not, the paper used for the counterfeits is often a little bit glossier and a little bit thicker than, than on a normal stamp. I mean, there's all kinds of little things, but even that's not consistent. You know, mm -hmm. one of the other printers are using a different type of paper stock. So it's a, and a different adhesive and, and such. Uh, the, the die cutting, <coughs> excuse me, the die cutting is one of the things where they still kind of fall down occasionally. I mean, they're easy to separate, they're, they're easy to peel off the, the pain. Uh, but if you try to separate singles, often, you know, where the, the uh, rouletting is on genuine examples and you can fold them and separate them, um, it isn't so easy on the counterfeits. So Those still kind of tend to fall apart. Um, and so there's you know, a lot of things like that. that okay. That and then um, the last thing that, thank you for the, the, the advice on where to get more information on this, but what do people do if they find these counterfeit stamps? Do they destroy them? Do they mail them in? to uh, USPS, what do, what do they do with the stamps once they're Well, printed? you can report them to the counter, to the Postal Inspection Service, although realistically they're conducting a lot of their own investigations and, and individual reports. They're not harmful, but they don't help that much. Um, mm. and, and I mean, and for that matter, they will take your stamps. Um, but what people can do is if, if first of all, if they're discounted, don't order them. I mean, yeah, yeah. Bottom line, just just don't do it. Yeah. Um, but I have known people that they have ordered them. They get them in. They realize, oh, these actually are counterfeit. Um, and at least until recently, and it's, again, it's not consistent. But if you paid with PayPal or sometimes a credit card, uh, they'll immediately refund you because it because it's fraud. Right. Um, and in some cases rarely they'll ask you to send the counterfeits back uh and in many cases you know you've got them but uh but fortunately at least so far a lot of people have not been particularly exposed financially because they they can get refunds you know unfortunately you know facebook amazon ebay they all know this is going on they're still participating in it they're not mm. blocking these people. They'll refund you, but they won't block these people. And I mm. don't understand why that's happening. Um, well, I do understand they get profit, you know. Yeah. But, um, so un until or unless they start rejecting these people, um, you know, it's a certain amount of buyer beware. And and if you do, um, try your best to get to get made whole. I mean, it, it'll usually happen, but not always. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> All right. Well, thank you so much for for the presentation and for the information. And, and th this was really fascinating. Yeah. I, again, when, when, when we have somebody bring a PowerPoint on, I love it because I get to sit back and be a passive <laughs> participant in our own podcast. So no, th what, this was this was uh, excellent. And um, I, I'm going to start looking a lot closer at collections mm. that come in. Obviously, mail that comes in, it's you know kind of too late to do anything at that point, but just as, out of curiosity and um, sure. you know, look forward to hearing more about your um, uh, again, that two out of seven figure is a bit jarring and yeah. I'd love to see a longer term study with a, you know, larger sample size, obviously. Yeah, this was, this was just the first collection of it. And, and 
you know, it's amazing. Uh, I was, ex I wasn't even necessarily expecting to see one in the group. It's such a small group, but, um, but for that higher percentage, and the only reason, and it's, I, I'm hesitant. You know, we have a, an elderly next door neighbor. And this what this is what brought this to mind. Who had a birthday a couple of months ago, and of course, her Christmas was not far before that. Um, and so she was getting a lot of Christmas cards and a lot of birthday cards and stuff. And I always take the mail up to her door and I'm looking at it and I think those look like counterfeits. And so I've got to find, you know, so I, I'm too embarrassed to ask her to have her mail, but, <laughs> <laughs> but the stamps definitely stood out um, as, as being potential counterfeits. And again, there are so many people who are using them and not understanding my feedback on, on, when I post things on Facebook from my non-collector friends, um, mm -hmm. some of them have been ordering these and using them, not understanding what they are. And of course they say they'll stop now, um, but it's, it's just, it's public awareness. So we've got to do a lot of that. Yeah. Well, we, again, hopefully this episode does well. We'd love to circle back around maybe in a couple of months and get an update. What new stamps have come out in the meantime? And have you know, have you seen a proliferation? Has there been any sort of counteraction by the post office? We'd love to, again, to, you know, uh, check back in on this because it's Absolutely. it's truly fascinating. Well, and and then now from a collecting standpoint, you know the 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 Daisy stamp that I showed you on cover there, we now have both tagged and untagged versions of. Mm -hmm. So now there's secondary collectible versions of postal counterfeits showing. You know, so that that um, I'm sorry, but I just thought of one last question. That you said it, the phosphorus was was um, detectable by short wave uh, UV. Yeah, you, short wave ultraviolet. So, which do you have a recommendation on what kind of UV light people can purchase? We have a number of them in here, and they're just a little one bulb, about this big. But should people be using something different or to look for? Um, is it okay to dis one in particular? <laughs> I mean, sure. of course, yeah. Uh, absolutely avoid the lighthouse shortwave ultraviolet lights okay because i mean they're they're small they're fairly cheap most of them are battery powered yeah but the problem with those is their the filter on it allows so much long wave through um that it's first of all it's easy to think that something that is tagged is untagged so you may okay. think you've got a counterfeit and it's really a genuine stamp or conversely uh for the more general collecting it a lot of people think they have untagged errors that simply are not uh, what what my my tool of choice and they don't make them anymore but you can still find them occasionally uh this is a, a raytech ls7 uh and this is actually a lamp that was created for mineralogic mineralogic purposes um but it, it does have to be shortwave a good shortwave lamp is not going to be cheap generally mm -hmm. that's that's the downside you know, for, for something that's going to be adequate, both for counterfeits or for that matter, if, if, if someone is interested in tagging, which is one of my other big interests, um, it's, you're probably going to be looking anywhere in the $75 and, and up range with something probably in the couple hundred dollar range to be a really good one. Hmm. Uh, so it's, it's, it's not cheap, but it's certainly for professionals. I think it's, it's vital, but okay. And if you find one or two errors, I'm sure it pays for pays itself. itself yeah, quickly. Ta yeah, tagging errors, particularly from you know from the '60s and '70s, a lot of them are, are. There's not a huge market, but there a lot of them are scarce and and command a pretty good price. When uh, you know, then there's one of my favorites, which is, um, you know, it's a whole different story. But the the eight cent stamp collecting stamp with the inverted pharmacy stamp 
tagging on it, too, which is very clear. Um, just wrote that out in, uh, in Lens recently, but it's a, there's some neat stuff out there with tagging. So that's, a, again, it's a whole other conversation, but it's a fun, yeah. fun area. Um, Great. Well, well, thank you so much again. Thank you. Party. Well, thanks, guys. Good to see you. You as well. Hopefully yeah. we'll see. Will you be at uh, Gas this year? Um, don't know yet. I'm, I'm still planning on going, but uh, there's enough other things going on, publications and, and business-wise, I, I may end up having to skip out at the last minute, but I, the plan is I'll be there. Fingers crossed. We'll see you there. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Good guys. You, That was, that was great. Fascinating. Again, yeah. I love just being able to sit back and uh, and, and feel like uh, a listener for once rather than, yeah. a, than a host of this thing. No, that was that was really helpful. Um, I feel like it was a great second part to the first part warning people. We'll put a tag uh, in there for all the Facebook groups, but then also the first episode, the part one that we did, yep. showing people the websites, what they look like compared to the, you know, genuine websites and exactly then this and, great and, and we tried doing our own bit of research and we got some <laughs> places and hit some other walls but sometimes yeah. you just need to call in the the expert it's and uh you yeah. know let exactly let let wayne tell us what's what i i thoroughly enjoyed that and uh, mm -hmm. look forward to following up with him as there's new developments both yeah. in the production of these counterfeits and the uh you know government response to these counterfeits i think um it'll it'll be fun to make this a a bit of a recurring uh feature yeah absolutely well, that was great. Uh, you know, for everybody listening, uh, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, for people watching, we're on YouTube. I do, even though Charles mentioned it earlier, I do highly recommend people watch this one because the comparisons look so it's like fantastic. It's, you really need to just pause the video and just compare them to what you have in front of you. I mean, it's 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 insane. But um, YouTube, flatlypodcast dot com, flatlypodcast at gmail dot com. That's um. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the usual places you can find us. But no, Michael, this was a great one. I really enjoyed this. We've yeah. been trying to schedule it with Wayne for a week. We've both been busy. Yeah. All three of us have been busy. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad we finally got this one yeah. Uh, yeah. to happen. Absolutely. Um, Michael, I will time. see you in a couple of days at Capex. And by the time this airs, Capex will be done. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. I will. Uh, I'll see you then. And um, if we saw you at Capex, it was nice to see you. Absolutely. All right. Good talking to you, Michael. You too. Bye-bye.